0: I you turn to 1 Corinthians 12 as we look at this together this evening. Uh, just to mention on Sunday, and maybe for folk who are watching in, uh, we are going back to the old way of the elders uh, serving communion, which is great. And uh, just to say that those who will be in their minor hall on Sunday morning, uh, you will be served in there uh, as well, uh, when the elders will serve you in there, there as well, you'll not be. Left out by any means. So we're looking at this tonight at finding your place in the body. People become members of the church. How, when they become members, how do they then find what is their area of service? Where is the place in which they are to work for the Lord within the life of the church? Uh, there's a wee question just to think about there as we begin. Why do you think there are often many professing Christians? Who are not active in serving in the life of the local church. You've probably heard before that 80-20 rule uh, can apply to giving, but it can also apply to service. That often 80% of the service in a church is done by 20% of the people. And uh, why is it that so often there are people who are very active and busy and serving in the church, and there are others who are not, who are more than the sidelines? Well, some suggested answers coming up here could include some people are just too busy. Uh, now, that could be for good reasons. Maybe there are people who are particularly with some family commitments, particularly members, family members who are, are not well, and certainly with young children, that different people go through different seasons of life. They can be too busy, or maybe sometimes people are too busy with things they don't need to be busy with, and maybe they're being distracted. Sometimes those people are just too comfortable or a bit too lazy. Uh, their life is easy, their life is lovely the way it is, and they don't see the point of getting bothered by going and involving themselves in the work of the church. Happy enough just to come and to be fed on Sunday, but uh, nothing more than that place. Others maybe are too hurt. Maybe there's a past bad experience uh, within the church, or maybe of another church, a bad experience of they've been hurt whilst they served, and maybe that is a reason which some people don't uh, serve. Others maybe are just too shy or fearful. Uh, Their they're characters are the, a bit more introvert and extrovert, and so they just find it just frightening, the thought of stepping out and stepping up to volunteer or to help in things. Others are too ignorant, not ignorant in the sense of being rude, but ignorant in the sense of not realising That the church is supposed to be made up of every member ministry that every member has a part to play every member has a task that they can do for the lord and for others maybe just they're too tired Uh, maybe they've just been too busy Uh, i find this when i finally came here there some folk confess me there's times when they they almost had like spiritual burnout Uh, they were so busy running 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 doing 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 And they weren't being fed, they were allowing themselves to be fed as they should, and it was almost like a spiritual burnout. So there are different reasons, and maybe some of those resonate with you, but what we want to think about tonight is to encourage everyone to think about how we can be involved in the life of the church, and to want to be involved in serving in the church, and to see it as something really that the Lord is calling us to. People need to be inspired, and of course... The person to inspire us has to be, above all, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was just thinking about this in the church as a body. The words that hit me were the words of Jesus in the upper room. This is my body broken for you. And as Jesus took that bread and he broke it and gave his disciples, he was speaking of how his physical body would be broken. But his physical body would be broken so that the church would be his body that would be whole, would be healthy, would be restored. And so, the breaking of his body by going to the cross was done so that we could be a healthy church. Now, let's think of how he does that. In Ephesians chapter 4, it speaks of Jesus' great humiliation. It speaks of him ascending on high to give gifts To his people. But it then says, He who ascended was first humble. He first had to come down to be humiliated. So Jesus came to suffer, to be humiliated, then to ascend to glory, and from glory to send the Spirit upon the church, to send spiritual gifts upon the church. And he speaks of the gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers who have these gifts so that the members of the church would be built up and equipped to serve so that by the members of the church being built up equipped and served the church would grow the body would grow to maturity so jesus has suffered jesus has been broken he's ascended to glory to give gifts of the word to teach so that all the members then can serve and as all the members serve the church grows to maturity That's the plan of God, and you can check it out later in Ephesians 4 in more detail. So let's think about it, and hopefully we understand that. There are four things just to mention about finding your place in the body. And the first is understanding every believer has a vital part to play. Every believer has a vital part to play. If you look there at verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12, he says, To each is given... The manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So to each believer is given gifts from the Spirit. The outworking of the Spirit in people's lives, it happens in every believer's lives to give them gifts so that they can serve. And notice what he says, to each is given. Not to some, not to the spiritual elite, but to each is given, to each member is given gifts to serve and then he follows that on in verses 14 to 25 he speaks about how in the human body each member needs to see it has a vital role to play and each member needs to be valued by the other members if you look for example what he says there in verse 15 just the example of the foot he says if the foot should say because i am not a hand I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So what he's saying is none of us are to think because I'm not like someone else who maybe can do something which is much more visible. That doesn't mean that I don't have a part to play. Okay, I'm different from them. I'll not be doing what they're doing. But I have a part to play. Every part of the body has a role. And the key to this, and if you look at what his, way his thinking goes, he, chapter 12 and chapter 14 are about spiritual gifts, but it's interrupted by that famous chapter 13 where he speaks about love. And this is the key. The key to service is not great ability, it's having a love. It's having a loving, sacrificial, serving attitude rather than a, an agenda to promote yourself rather than agenda to advance yourself. So the crucial thing about serving in the church is not about saying, I have this ability, that ability, I have great ability. We all have different abilities. We all have different gifts. The crucial thing is, have we a love to use it? Have we a love to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ? Now, we question here, just to throw it in, and these are in really the notes we use for the membership class. Every believer has a vital part to play in the body of Christ. But must their service for Christ be in the local church? Do I have to get involved in a local church, my local church? Look at the example of the Bible. Let me just say a few things in response to that. The example of the Bible in Acts 2 is once people become Christians, they get devoted to, they get committed to the local church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer, we read in Acts 2. So the New Testament does not know this sense of a believer who's not committed to a church and not devoted to a church. So we have to be devoted to the the means of grace, the study of God's word, prayer in the church. We think also of the call to be involved in evangelism and the way it was told You're to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, so that's where they're at. Then Judea, the area around them. Samaria, a bit further away, and then to the ends of the earth. And so the example is, not that we will necessarily always be restricted just to serve in our local church situation, but we begin in our church home, and then we then spread out. But we can't think about taking on the world if we're not committed at home first. You think of Paul's example, Paul the great apostle. Paul was never a lone ranger. Paul was someone who always sought to work through the local church. And if there wasn't a local church, he'd often started just the Jewish synagogue, which was the remains of the Old Testament church. That's where he began in every town he came to. He began in the synagogue because it was the Old Testament church. And then he we were sticking to the book of Romans and how Paul is wanting to go to Spain. And he wrote the book of Romans to encourage the church in Rome to help him in his mission. So he really believed in evangelism, the work of mission, being done through the local church. And if the local church really has the commitment of its people, then the church will be blessed, this local area will be blessed, but then that will spread out across the world that's the first thing, understanding every believer has a vital part to play. And then secondly, understanding the wide varieties of ways to serve. We're going to look here at some of the, the gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament. First of all, in 1 Corinthians 12, in verses 8 to 10, we have the gifts of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in other languages, interpreting other languages. And then in verses 28 to 31, the gifts of apostles, prophecy, teaching, working miracles, helping, administration, speaking in other languages mentioned again. In Romans 12 and verse 16, and you see all these up on the screen, there's the gifts of prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, contributing, Leadership, showing mercy. Ephesians 4, 7-11, the gifts for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor-teachers. 1 Peter 4, verse 7-11, the gifts of loving, hospitality, speaking, serving. Now, I think none of those lists, and even all those lists being put together, they're not meant to be an exhaustive list. These are the only gifts which indeed can be used in the church. But what it it is showing is the wide variety of gifts which people can have. You look at some of those gifts, well, we can think of teaching and preaching, which you would expect. But gifts like showing mercy, hospitality, serving, administration. There's so many different gifts. You think of the human body, and you just think of how... For example, our our little fingers are so different from our eyes and our heart is so different from our feet and so forth. You think how varied the parts of the human body are. You think of how varied the gifts of the Spirit are. You think of how varied each of us are. So the point is, let's not think there's no things for me to do. We all have areas we can serve. So this brings us to the next question was, which is how would you respond to a believer? They say they don't think there are, there are any ways in which they're able to serve in the local church. So if a, a Christian says that to you, I don't think there's have anything that I can do or contribute. Well, we have to emphasize every part has been designed with God as a, and has a part to play. Every part. The Bible teaches it. Every part of the body has been given gifts. So every Christian has been given gifts. Uh, Lovely thing in that too. Every Christian is unique. We're all different. We're all unique. And our gifts are very varied. So sometimes maybe within the church, so often we've maybe just seen gifts as the gifts of teaching in Sunday school or, or in some of our youth organizations. There's loads of other ways of people maybe who don't have the gift of teaching can do it in many different ways. So take a bit of time even looking over some of those lists and just think, the ways that I can serve, they're varied, they're numerous, they're vast, just to make of it. And so we need to be thinking about that. And then thirdly, understanding yourself and what your gifts are. So hopefully you accept what the Bible teaches, that you have a part to play and there are a wide range of ways in which you can serve within the life of the church, the believer then needs to narrow down how they personally can serve, how what they're personally called to do by the Lord. Now, in order to help us in this, there's four little points. First of all, the need to be Realistic. For example, 1 Corinthians 12 in verse 29, if you look down to that, Paul says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? And the implication behind his questions are no. Not all people are apostles, not all people are prophets, and so forth. So we're not all called to do certain things. We're all called to do different things. James 3 and 1 says that, you're not to presume to be a teacher. You need to be careful if just to, to assume that you have maybe a certain role. We have to be careful this. 1 Timothy 2 speaks clearly that there are some gifts or some roles within the church which are for men and not for women. The ordained ministry, the uh, eldership are for men, not women. And Philippians 4 and 13, I've done one of this in the wee uh, Bible verses we're doing online at the moment, uh, that I can do all things through Christ. Paul uses that verse to talk about coping in trial. So it doesn't mean that we can do anything we want to do. So we need to be realistic. We are gifted in certain ways. We're not gifted in other ways. So we need to be realistic about ourselves. So understand we're not called to do everything. Secondly, there is a need to have faith. So, on the one hand, I'm saying don't assume that you, in a sense, can take on the world. But in the other sense, don't hide away and that you may have gifts and a calling to serve beyond what you might imagine. You think of Exodus 3. You think of Moses at the burning bush, how reluctant he was to go and be God's mouthpiece. And Moses is revered as the greatest prophet of all in the Old Testament, a man who spoke to God face to face, unlike anyone else. He began out as a man who felt so inadequate. Or think of Jeremiah, he speaks of, I'm a baby, I'm too young, I can't do this, Lord. In a sense, it's a good thing to have a sense of our own inability, because God uses the weak things of the world. So, because we maybe don't feel comfortable, we don't feel maybe we might be very good at something, that doesn't mean that God can't use us in doing certain things. We need to have faith in what the Lord is able to do with us. Thirdly, we need to listen to others. When I was thinking about going into the ministry, one night at our young adults group in my home church, Adrian, who senses my big brother in the faith, Adrian's about five years older than me, and it was through Adrian's witness that I became a Christian. Adrian is now the minister of Donna Cloney Presbyterian Church. But he was speaking at our uh, young adults, and he was speaking about his call into the ministry, and he says one of the important things was what other people said to him, what other people said about him. And I was thinking about ministry at that stage when I heard Adrian say that, and it was something that was very important to me. And I was praying, Lord, if this is your will, I want you to confirm it to me. And actually, it's 30 years ago this month from when I preached my first sermon in a pulpit. And it was at New Mills near Portadown there. And I was speaking at a service on behalf of Tear And after the service, and this is me trying to just to be sure this is God's will and not just a notion of my own, I was back at the, as the Reverend Porter was the minister there, and I was back for lunch afterwards. His wife says to me, William, when are you going into the ministry? She didn't ask me if it was. He says, when are you going to, you need to go into the ministry. And that for me was a confirmation. Listen to what other people say. And when we think about that, listen to what other people say. When you see someone doing something, serving the Lord, and they do it well encourage them, particularly our young people, and our people who are young in the faith. Encourage them and say, that was good, that was good. And because listening to others, people can begin to get a realistic view of what the Lord might be calling them and seeking them to do. In Acts 9 and 17, even the great apostle Paul, Ananias is told, when he's nervous about going to Paul because he was this murderer of Christians, he was told this is going to be God's servant. And he came and he said that to to Paul. But God, what God is calling him to. In Acts 13, when Paul and Barnabas set out in the first missionary journey, the Holy Spirit spoke to the church who set them apart. The church was encouraging them along God's path. In 1 Timothy 4, Paul is saying to Timothy about Exercising the gift that he's been given, he's encouraging him to use the gifts that God has been given. So, we need to listen to others. Of what they say, we can do. We also need to encourage people as they use their gifts. And then we need to know yourself. You need to know yourself. First Samuel seventeen is the bit where David is going to fight Goliath, and. Saul, you remember, put all the armor on him. And uh, you can just imagine the picture. Uh, there's young David, a young boy, a young teenager. Uh, he probably hardly could move with all this armor upon him. He, he knew that was not what he could use. And he went back to the sling and the stones, to the weapons that he was used, that he was used to. And as we seek to serve the Lord, we, we should be assessing, you know, what we can do. Uh, know ourselves know what our strengths know what our weaknesses are know what our limits but also how the Lord can use us and there are times when we need to test and see what we're gifted at Uh, being gifted in a certain area does not mean that it will necessarily come easy to us Uh, now my job is standing up in front of people and talking Uh, that's my job I was never that way in school. I never liked when, I hated it, in English class, in English literature, you had to go up and read a bit of Pygmalion or Macbeth, uh, read that stuff to the class. I hated that. Uh, I did not like, and I certainly never volunteered to take part in plays or things like that in school. I ran a mile. Give me the football pitch. Don't let me be up front like that. And the point I'm saying is that the gifts that we have and what God is calling us to be are not actually things that come easy to us. Sometimes they might be. But they could be gifts which would develop over a period of time. And certainly gifts we have should continue to develop over all our lives. And if you have gifts, if you have abilities, I encourage you always to seek to, Improve your gifts and abilities. I always believe as a minister, as a preacher, I'm always thinking about what I do as a preacher. I'm always thinking to be better at what I do. And each of us should be like that. None of us are the finished article. How can we improve? How can we use our gifts better? Why do we need to try and get better and better at what we do? Because the Lord deserves our absolute we question here in this cell What are some of the results of a believer ending up serving in a way that they're not called or gifted to serve? And sometimes this does happen within the church. People are, are called to serve in a way which is not appropriate, it just is not what they're able to do. Maybe they, co- they want to help out, and maybe they want to help out with a just for one of our organizations working with young children. And they just aren't good at it and they know they're not good at it. What are some of the consequences if we go to serve in a way that we're not called or gifted to? Well, I think what happens is there can be great discouragement to us and maybe to those around us because we're like a square peg in a round hole. There can be great frustration. And so it's not always the right thing just to continue on in certain things. I think it's always good, you know, if you're not sure of where your area of service or what you can do is to, when you're asked and you think it might be a part where God wants you to do, why don't you commit yourself to doing something for a period of time? Say, I'll try it this year. I'll give it a go for a session. I'll see what, how it goes. Now, I hope you have real commitment. Whatever you go into, you should be committed to it. But sometimes we have to go into things and then discover Yes, this is something I can do by God's grace. Or equally, no, this is not my area of service. It must be somewhere else. We need to be open to that and willing for that to happen. But I tell you this, it's better to try and to fail than never try at all. And the last point is understanding where there is need within the church. Now, we bear in mind that not everyone is called to serve in every particular way. In the same way, in the body, uh, we would be absolute freaks if our bodies were made of nothing but eyes or nothing but ears and so forth. So, not everyone is to serve in the same way, but we need to think about where is the need within the church for service. Now, we need to be careful. Because we could say that never, not everyone is to serve in the same way. It can be an excuse at times for us not to do it at all. Eh, to be lazy or to let fear just control us. We are all called to serve. And we need to be open to that. But when a situation arises and volunteers are, be, are being called for, or you see a particular gap yourself, we need to ask the question, am I meant to serve In this way, we need to pray that. Lord, is this an area where I can serve? Is this an area where I can help out? Whether it be Good News Club, whether it be on the count team, wherever. Lord, where can I serve? But more than that, every believer needs to be proactive, not just wait when volunteers are called for, every believer needs to be proactive for the Lord and ask God to show them the areas of need where they should serve. Every believer should be praying that. Lord, show me where you want me to serve. And this leads us to our final question. What is it that stops believers from often praying such prayers? And maybe it goes back to the very first list. Maybe it's a sense of being too busy, too comfortable, too fearful, or whatever. But listen, when you pray that prayer, and listen, it takes faith to pray that Lord. Lord, you show me where you want me to serve within the life of the church. The Lord may take us into a scary place. He may take us out of our comfort zone. But I can tell you that when he does that, you will experience a blessing which you probably have never known before. I was speaking to one of our men uh, yesterday just about serving on teams. And just the, the joy, the blessing there is when you go on a team... And I remember the first time I did a Presbyterian outreach team. I was tricked into it by my brother in law. I thought I was going for a week to play football. Uh, And then I realized it was a Presbyterian outreach team. And when I went on that team, you know, I was doing things I'd never done before. I'd never done memory verses before. I'd never done quizzes in children's meetings. I never shared a word of testimony. I'd never knocked the door to speak to people about uh, the Lord. And I've got to be honest, I messed up some of those conversations very badly. But I can tell you this. uh, When I came home from that time, I really missed it. It was like a, a wake. It was like a grieving process because I had experienced a joy and a fellowship which I'd never known before. And it happened when I stepped out in faith out of my comfort zone to do what the Lord was wanting me to do. And you know, I, I think so often in the Christian life, there's so many Christians who don't have the joy they could have because they play it safe. Think of the story of Joseph, Mary's husband. I like the way Max Lucado puts it in one of his books. I think it was his book, God Came the Air. Joseph was comfortable on the branch of the tree near the trunk. He was hugging the trunk. His life was comfortable. And when Mary became pregnant and Joseph has been called by God to take Jesus as his own, he's basically been told, stop hugging the trunk. Go out on that branch. Go out to where it's getting thinner and thinner. Really go out on the limb can you imagine the joy, the blessing that Joseph would have missed out on in bringing up the Son of God if he hadn't been willing to leave the place of security around the trunk and to go out on a limb? What blessing, what joy might you be missing because you're wanting to play safe? And it doesn't matter what age you are. Think of Caleb. At the age of 80, when he went into the promised land, he wanted to go and fight the giants. If you're older, if you're retired, maybe you need to pray, Lord, what giants do you still want me to fight? How do you want me to serve? So let me quickly recap and finding your place in the body. Understanding, first of all, every believer has a vital part to play. Understanding the wide variety of ways to serve. Understanding yourself and what your gifts are. And understanding where there is need within the church. Let's pray together. Father, we just pray that each of us would have that courage and faith to just examine how you want us to serve you. And Lord, maybe there are areas of service that we have been neglecting that you're wanting us to step out into at this time. Maybe there are some things, Father, in our lives which are making us too busy that are cluttering up our lives and some things which we have to lay aside, Father, in order to make space for what you call us to do. Father, just help us to be, have open hearts. Help us to have that faith and that desire and that love to serve. And Lord, just to seek what your will is for our lives. Oh, Father, as we read your Bible, as we pray even in our own homes, as your word is preached, as your word is taught, as we join in our prayer meetings, Lord, lead us on with yourself. Lead us on in how you want us to serve. Oh, Father, guide us and direct us. And may we be a a fellowship where we really do encourage each other as we serve. For such grace we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.